are tracking live. Well, not live. <laughs> not live. Half dead. How about that? A little half dead? A little put half a dick dead. On head? <laughs> Did Is he? that how it goes? A little half dead put his dick on her head. I guess so. Was it a half a dick? No, but it might have been half limp because he's a little half dead, right? That's just <laughs> science. A little half dead. I never seen him or heard anything like I've just heard of him. Like he's folklore in gangster rap music. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I know. Growing up I had this friend named Adaliki and he was a big fan of Little Half Dead. But this was the nineties and it was before you can easily share your music on the school bus. You know what I mean? And we had because I I went for middle school. This is when I was friends with Adaliki. We had um, a school. Well, I went to school in Carson, and I'm in South LA, so it was. You went to school in what, elementary. School? I went to middle school. Middle school in Carson. Carson. Yeah. I went to Where was the school, school at? Um, in Carson. Yeah, but you don't remember the the. No. <laughs> it's called Curtis Middle School. Oh, okay. All right. I and used you, to drive by Carson High all the time. Yeah, I didn't go to Carson. I went to Curtis. Um, I only went there for one year, though. Uh, I, I really liked that school. It was pretty cool. And my friend, Adaliki, and I, we would take the bus here on 83rd in Vermont. You know where the Smart and Final is? Was it a Smart and Final then? It was. Oh, really? Yeah. It's been around that long? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, so I thought the whole, How like... do you think I am? No, well, look, I'm... the Wild West. <laughs> I never heard of a Smart and Final at all until I had moved here to the West Coast. And there was also these like Fresh and Easy and other stores well, with similar Fresh type of names. Fresh and Easy was relatively new when you moved, I guess. Was it? Well, mm-hmm. see, that's the thing. To me, it looked like those were like new pop-up stores. Well, I grew up in LA and the only time I've heard of Fresh and Easy was when I lived in Las Vegas. Okay. So that that was a spinoff, say, of the Smart and Final. But still, Smart and Final is not something like I had ever heard of ever. Like, we don't have In and Out in the East Coast, uh-huh. but we hear and we know of In and Out. But I'd never heard of Smart and Final. Have you ever heard of Stop and Shop? Yes. See, do you have that out here? No. But that's something I had. Up I only north. know that because I work in supply chain. So <laughs> I've never seen Stop and Shop down in Florida when I used to live there, but it was in the uh, Northeast. Like I knew of Publix, New England before, and that's just because I know I have to know stores. I'm I'm in supply chain, or I was in. In in, uh, in supply chain, food supply chain at one point in my career. Anyway, the whole point was we used to take the same bus, the school bus, and our bus driver always had um, 92.3 The Beat. And it was uh, it was like hip hop and R&B station. Kind of like, well, kind of like K-Day is now, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was, it was super. Kareem, that's where I get my my music education basis from, was that, right? <laughs> anyway, that's how I know Lil Half Dead. I've never heard Lil Half Dead except that he put his dick on her head and Adaliki had this autograph in his folder. And that was <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, I just know him from like the Snoop song and the lyrics where he's like, uh, the homie Little Half Dead put a pencil in his neck or something like that. I always heard Lil Half Dead put his dick on her head maybe he did so little half dead's always putting something somewhere something somewhere (laughs) (laughs) how did we even start talking about little half dead i have no idea where did this even come from don't i don't remember how we got. don't think about it just let it go well okay cool 
I've let it go. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. I was like thinking, I was like, I have nothing else to say about Little Half Dead or any of that shit. <laughs> so just let it go. Let it drift away. Um, I am actually really glad that I just found this new drink. I mean, I know it's existed. It's green coffee. It's green coffee. <laughs> That's what it is, right? Well, it's um, it's green tea with matcha, which is ground green tea. Um, and I always drink coffee. Like every day, I drink at least two cups of coffee to Ma- start my matcha day. Matcha is a type of tea. Green ground up green tea is my understanding. I okay. could be wrong. I'm brand new to this, but one of my coworkers. She, there was this day that everybody brought me Starbucks one day and she's like, oh, I'm going to bring you something. And she brought me this green tea matcha latte. And I was like, this looks like slime. It reminded me of Swamp Thing, (laughs) but it was the shit. And so I went to the store and I found this little packet of like instant ones. So I'm like, I just saved myself like 30 bucks a week. That's good. And it gives you your caffeine fix? Um, I mean, yeah, I didn't have coffee today. I just had this. Okay. And I didn't have a migraine or anything. Well, that's good. Like I get coffee headaches because I'm so dependent on coffee or caffeine that I'll have headaches if I don't have caffeine. In our, in our emergency packs, we need to add caffeine pills because the last thing I need in an, an, a zombie apocalypse is to have a coffee headache. Uh, yeah okay we'll add that to the list uh <laughs> caffeine pills <laughs> caffeine pills would <laughs> be like jesse in uh in uh saved by the bell i'm so excited i'm so all right she was scared. taking caffeine <laughs> she was taking caffeine pills right? she was taking caffeine pills yeah oh my god i'm on crack I never did that. You know, like people do Adderall. Crack? That's good. I'm glad you never did that. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't done that either. But uh, like there's, you know, kid, there's that the whole thing where like kids need to study for exams so they do Adderall so they can stay up and whatever. It's completely different of the reasons why kids did drugs when I was growing up. <laughs> and But I'm fine. Like uh, as long as they're getting treatment, I'm all for um, this new generation of kids who actually care about what they're going to do with their future. Um, I think for me, it was difficult in that stage because I'm first generation, but I'm like the eldest of the first generation. So I didn't have any help. Um, I I didn't even know what to do to apply for college. I didn't know what was needed. I didn't know what was needed. I didn't know... I didn't know what an essay was mm. like I went through school, but because I w- moved around like in um, in the two years I was in middle school, I went to three different schools. So for me, it was like it was I, I missed so much because one unit was taught and I just kept missing whatever crucial units it was. But um, by the time I got to high school, I didn't know what an essay was. I mean, I know Carlos. but i didn't know what an essay was and i and i had i as we all know i have thoughts i have all kinds of thoughts i've always had all kinds of thoughts but my essay was basically a paragraph and i remember my friend rosa saying don't think that's formatted properly and i'm like i don't know i'm just gonna turn it into absolutely turn it um you you know and then so i didn't i didn't it's not that i didn't care i just was 
too shy at that time, believe it or not. I was too shy and too embarrassed to ask for help. No, I can understand. Like, nobody wants to look like the fool, you know? There's many people... Excuse me, how do I school? Right, yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's people who they just kind of go about life like not wanting to admit that they never learned how to read because now they're so old and like they're functioning a certain way that, you know. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, now, nowadays, like I encourage people ask for help. It's not, and it's not embarrassing, but it's not only because of my own personal struggles with being able to ask for help. I mean, you know, better than anyone, I am horrible at asking for help. Like, now, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Now, <laughs> now I do accept help, but it's still a struggle for me to ever ask for help. Um, and even accepting help is like, a, okay, but what do I have to do for you kind of thing, right? It, it, it's, it's very triggering. But um, at work, in training anybody ever, it's always been, if you have questions, just ask. It's better for you to ask for help now and understand the process, right? Um, and in fact, there was this woman, you know this woman, I'm not going to name her. But she is no longer with the company. But a lot of it is because she wouldn't ask for help or admit she didn't know how to do something. Sure, yeah. Yeah, you know, but again, it's, I guess some people might find it tough to want to admit that they don't know or that they need help. So they try to figure it out on their own. I think most humans want to tend to do that. They want to at least believe that they can tr- at least possibly finger figure it out. <laughs> finger. finger. I try to finger too. <laughs> figure it out on their own, you know. Um, then there are definitely, you know, times where people are going to have to ask for help. And um, I don't know. It's, it's What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of podcast have we turned this into? <laughs> well, now... Asking for help is a difficult thing, but let me see if I can bring this around. Let me see if I can. But it was a crucial part of this movie when newspaper reporter Nancy Weston asked Abraham Gentry for help in solving the case. What was the case? Somebody's killing all the strippers, all the scrippers, if you will. All right. So now it's now it sounds like you're talking about the Gore Gore Girls. <laughs> yes. Today we are talking about 1972's The Gore Gore Girls, directed by HGL himself. Yes. And this Herschel is, Gordon Lewis. And this is coming after uh, us oh. doing a Fulci film. So that's right. Uh, this is the this Godfathers is great. of Gore. Yeah. I was uh, in some parts. I was trying to kind of compare a few things, but then oh, I was don't like, do that. "No." Then I was <laughs> like, "Well, the 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 Fulci film we watched was an '80s film, uh, early '80s, you know, whatever." And this is like a what is it, '60s, '70s, '72, '70s, yeah, '72, early. This is I before mean, Texas Chainsaw. Even. Yeah, yeah, and uh, sh- very, very gory. Let's just say that. Well, it's the Gore Gore Girls. It was released as Blood Orgy. I can see how they had to change that. That was the actual like title when it was released in the theaters back then. Blood, Blood Orgy. Orgy. Yeah. Hmm. But this movie is um, one of uh, HGL's favorite films. Yeah, I like the name Gorgor Girls because it plays off of the go-go theme, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Blood Orgy just, it, it gives... I, I feel like 
people would mistake it for yeah i'm porn. already mistaking it for something else like <laughs> um but that's yeah that's funny well, this movie received an x rating i'm sure it did for obvious reasons however I'm sure it did they showed no full frontal no it was x-rated for they the showed gore, no chocolate starfish not for the nudity correct um, they but, did show a lot of boobage. Well, there was a lot of pasty boobage, so it yeah, wasn't full on. They only showed nipples twice. Right. And one time. And but and that time <laughs> and it was it was one set. They showed one set of nipples and it was vomit inducing. Uh, not for oh me. Oh my god. I literally la- gagged and was like I might have to go to the bathroom. Not for me. I I kind of enjoyed watching Well, I'll that tell you scene. when we get there, I'll snip, tell you snip. why. I'll tell you why it made me um why it felt that way cuz I didn't read it as what was it was supposed to be. I I saw something different. But anyway, <laughs> um this movie as of 2005 is still banned in Australia. Yeah, well, I mean it's that's hard to believe. I would assume that you know Australia would be a little bit more forward thinking at this point, but I don't know. I well, mean, th- these kind of movies, like I'm so more like blown away by the fact that it's 1972 again. Like that's where the, uh, HGL is. Like you were really saying, the Godfather, mm-hmm. because 72. You know, the, well, I mean, coming out of the 60s, this was the you know time monster when movies Amer- from the 60s. I mean, well, America was going through so many changes at this time, you know. Vietnam? Like, Wait, when was Vietnam? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you've got, you know, the end of the um, summer of love, all the hippies, everything. You know, there's a lot of freedom of expression and embracing one's uh, self as opposed to, like, following all the, the rules that were put before them. in yeah. the culture of society right it, yeah there was a since shift. the 50s you know rock yeah. and roll everything it really has started to change the world and in that sense this type of cinema f- sort of fits right in because this is when people were allowed to experiment and i get it it got an x rating but i bet you there were people who could still sneak into the movie theater and watch it back then because well we're he about he chose 70s. to release it without a rating mm-hmm in order to get and and my understanding was HGL movies were like drive through kind of like yeah, or drive in yeah. kind of movies. This is a kind of like underground like like okay the early nineties that when the internet first hit and there were people that knew how to like file transfer and like share shit before like you know the Napster days and all that whatever like LimeWire, <laughs> Lime all that. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Like those, uh, people who would use like IRC chat rooms and stuff to like send files and, uh, FTP downloads and all these weird things, you know, that is like what this was in that time zone. This was like the underground kind of like risque avant-garde, like let's push the boundaries with art. And in the late 60s, early 70s, that's when the time when everybody was doing it. So, No, yeah, absolutely. But in this case, when HGL got started, he basically birthed gore. Mm-hmm. Like he was yeah. essentially the first known gore director, gore movie. Like it was him. He started it. Yeah. But this isn't his first movie though, right? No, this is not his first movie. Right. In fact, I think this is like his second to last movie. Oh, really? If not his last movie before the reboot of Blood Feast in like the 2000s or huh. something like that. But this is like his semi-retirement movie. 
Seriously? Because mm-hmm. I would have felt like this was a very, <laughs> I don't know. I'm well, watching as if it's a really one, early. Before this one, it was The Wizard of Gore. And before that, it was. Uh, Wait, so when did those come out? In the 60s? Well, The Wizard of Gore. Let me see if I can. Uh, that came out in 1970. Okay. And then there was Monster Go-Go, which was 1965. Oh, wow. Wow. Yep. And then there was um, then there was a bunch of like um, other movies that were not exactly gore. Like yeah. he did a bunch of those. But so, then in nineteen sixty seven, he did a Taste of Blood, and then in sixty seven, he also did the Gruesome gotcha. Twosome. So HGL is like the Black Sabbath of film. You know, when everybody else was doing like rock and roll and and love and peace and all that, Black Sabbath came out and said, fuck that shit. We're going to talk about some evil and darkness. And HGL's doing the same thing with well, cinema. HGL, it was, it, was very, it was very interesting because this movie specifically, yes, it was 72. So there's a lot of transition happening. Um, but this movie was definitely like, progressive Mm -hmm. because yeah it did have like the women's lib uh group that attacked the (laughs) the scrippers yeah but um there was a lot of body positivity sexual um like acceptance of your you know what you're doing with your body like um i guess positive sexuality for women like they were allowed to just own their sexuality um there was uh, touching on um, shell shock and people coming back from Vietnam all fucked up. So mental health importance was also there. Sure. And there was also, was this main character a main character of color? I think that he had a nice tan. Okay. Well, that was my question. But check this out. There are two movies. Well, there's one movie that I have never seen of his. That I would want to see. Uh, and it's called Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Bears. B-A-R-E-S. Okay. <laughs> it's from 1963. And it is uh, the first and to date the only nudist musical. <laughs> I don't want to see it because it's porn. But I think it would be hilarious to have a nude musical. Yeah. Yeah. See, I feel like that's... I, I don't know a whole lot about HGL, but... He looks like the kind of guy that has just always wanted to push the boundaries. Well, so he was actually, so he was kind of on the straight and narrow. He went to Northwestern and everything. And then from there, I think he started a radio career. And then after that, he did a little bit of producing. And then after that, he created this like marketing firm. And that marketing firm is was the constant in his life while he on, on the side did all of these movies. Hmm. So... Yeah, he was successful with these movies, but he had like a steady gig. Yeah, yeah. But I mean to to I guess that's probably what you know what it reminds me of the guys who are in uh who started Guar, the band. Mm-hmm. They basically were like art and film students who wanted to like push it the envelope and go like to the other side when most of the classes and, and schools that they were going to were kind of like, no, you should go this way and whatever. And they're like, no, we're going to go that way. And they basically built their own platform so that they could be able to put together these wacko shows and do their crazy antics and stuff like that. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so just, let me just read off the synopsis I wrote for this movie. Sure. 
um, a crude and cocky private detective, Abraham Gentry, is hired by Nancy Weston to investigate a grotesque slayings of striptease artists. Because that's what they kept calling themselves, striptease artists or, yeah. or or the striptease lady or whatever it was. They weren't strippers. They didn't have negative connotation to it. In fact, the only people that the only people that saw them as less than were the uh, were the women's feminist lib. Group? Yeah, the yeah. feminist group. Um, because even the even the detective, even though he was stupid and was like inept, he at least was trying to solve his cases. Right. Mm-hmm. And normally, normally the under the underreported, the underrepresented, the less than people, you know, so people of color, LGBTQ people, people in the sex industry. Normally in this era, in the 70s, if it was gay, if it was colored, if it was less than, why bother? Yeah, well, we we weren't even hundred percent sure if the main character was. Uh, oh yeah, gay I have no not, idea. You know? But I do know that they spoke positively of these women, and I thought that was that was pretty good. progressive. Yeah, I don't know where it was set. Was that L.A.? I don't know. I wouldn't know. I haven't seen L.A. at that time. I mean, we, it wasn't enough of like the outside scenes for us to see where it was. Yeah. So basically the movie was set either in the homes of said victims or at the strip club. Yeah. 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 And if it was in the strip club, they were either watching a woman dance or sitting in the audience and or at the bar. Yeah, the the men in those strip club scenes, the typical like 60s, uh, late 60s, early 70s <laughs> man, white male, is very like greasy and like yeah, disgusting. Was, when we were watching nasty. it, I'm like, ew, what's BTK doing in there? <laughs> <laughs> they look like they smell bad and they haven't really they, washed they or sticky. bathed themselves. Yeah, it's funny. Like they're, they smell like Florida water. It looks like their hair's got like <laughs> grease in it and it's just like not, not Florida water as in water from Florida, but there's this so like tonic or something called Florida water. It's a it's a scent. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Anyway. Uh yeah, so it was grimy. It was grimy to say the least. Yeah, and um <laughs> It was grimy and it was, but it was like, and it was set in this such a dark kind of like, I don't know, there was so much light to the movie with this like slapstick humor that they brought to it, like left and right, you know? Yeah. Um, you hear yeah. On so one it was end, like a horror comedy kind comedy, of thing. Yeah. Here because, on one end, it's like the really gory, nasty, and this like, uh, very who, real things, yeah, right? Who done it murder mystery. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side of it, you got this like, you know, almost like Looney Tunes cartoons kind of slapstick humor that goes along with it. And, and yeah, the commentary, <laughs> which was very dark humor, you know, like making jokes about, you know, people dying and stuff. And I mean, I understand I I have dark humor and to the point where I probably should speak less at most places. Um, so I totally get that. But I appreciated that. Well, there's the humor part of it, which you're referencing. And then there was also like these little f- stupid gags, like, you know, um, I don't know, when they were pouring shots, there was like a 
sped up and like almost and like uh you know and like the end of it when he was like hey you guys have seen enough let's pull the curtain down Mm -hmm. you know that whole like thing it's like it like breaking the fourth wall yeah Yeah. it it takes you it it makes it funny and humorous and i think it's to kind of like water down as much gore so people are not just walking away like with Mm -hmm. mental health issues afterwards but um the movie starts like this Susie Creampuff gets her face smashed into a mirror repeatedly. That's literally the first, the first 10 seconds of the movie. You, you see this woman sitting in front of a mirror and she gets killed. She, yeah. um, she gets like her face smashed repeatedly until her face breaks open. And then the killer starts pulverizing their faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or He's, her face. He starts. They. Start with a throat cut, I think, right? Like a, yeah. a knife to the throat, and then you think, like, oh well, that's that's a major killing, that's a murder, right? And that's but that's, wait, but wait, there's <laughs> more. Yeah. There's a whole lot more pulverizing and, and eyeballs um, getting gouging squished. and ripping, and yeah, mm-hmm. oh, just like like you like to say, very juicy, very juicy, <laughs> very juicy. Oh my gosh, like the it's just. Like, oh my gosh, this movie is so gory. Yeah. It's called the Gore Gore Girls, very appropriately so. So right after that opening scene, though, we do see the first title card, which is not the Gore Gore Girls, but it's the Blood Orgy. Blood Orgy. Yeah. And, um, you know, the credits and everything go. Um, and then we start to be introduced to what's his name, Abraham Gentry. Gentry, who's like this very debonair, suave, very pimp esque, um, if you pimp-esque. will. Esque, yeah. Maybe, but he's a private detective. Yeah, he's a detective. But anyway, I the- searched for him on IMDb, and there's only this credit oh. and nothing else. Well, he did a great job on it then. Uh, he also did a great job of putting that cat inside of the cupboard and, <laughs> and then leaving it there. <laughs> Uh, you're, he's like petting the cat in the in the beginning. We're like, what is up with this dude? And then it's like, there's he's, a knock at the door. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, you gotta he's put the cat away. Cocky son of a bitch. Um, and it's funny because of it's a movie, but I would not want to deal with somebody like that. He he like his I shit don't his stink style. kind of thing. Yeah, in a movie, I would not want to spend any time with him because he was kind of rude. I felt like I related to him a lot. Like I. Sometimes feel like I could be him. <laughs> no. Well, he didn't do anything inappropriate. He did a lot of good, or I guess good Samaritan things. He did, um, but he was just kind of rude. Like maybe this, he says things that I wish I could say sometimes. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. But um, I did appreciate his honesty. Like yeah. he told this girl. Are you hot? okay? So this girl, uh, Nancy Weston, is a reporter for the Globe, mm-hmm. and she is sent by the Globe to pay him an incredible amount of money to solve this mystery, but with the caveat that he has to give them an exclusive once he solves the crime. And um, he he questions uh, Nancy and says, "Why did they bring you? Why, why did they send you such a junior?" Um, reporter mm-hmm. to to ask me um to solve this crime if it was so important 
And then so she tells him, oh, I'm not part of the uh, payment. I'm not I'm not included in the payment. And he says, good, because if you had been, I wouldn't do it. And I appreciated that because he did not go for her at all while they were working on the case. Like mm-hmm. he was strictly strictly professional. Business. Yep. Yeah. And even though he knew that she was into him, he was he was like, no, this is I don't shit where right. I eat kind of right. thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He kept that. That same throughout the whole film with everybody he dealt with. Yeah. Because it, she wasn't the only one who was throwing him, herself at him. Right. So all the other women, except for Marlene, who I'll get to in a second, all the other women kind of are into him. Yeah. And it might be the cocky attitude. It might be that he actually walks around with a pimp cane. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> that's right. Like, yeah. He he talks like this and he's very debonair. And he has this swagger about him. I'm turned off by it, but I think some people are. Yeah. You seem to be turned on by it. So <laughs> I, I, whatever. I don't kink shame. Um, <laughs> so his first step is to go to the strip club. Sure. Why not? Yeah. And he sees another stripper named Candy Cane who's dancing. I mean, they all kind of just wiggle the whole time. But I understand. The, yeah, if you can call that is. dancing. There was I mean, one that literally was just marching back and forth on the stage at one point. And that's okay, too. That was amateur night. Um, but well, this. Never mind. I was just going to say, you know, they say white people can't dance. And in this movie, yes, it definitely proves it true. But there were, you know, the whole swing era, those those white people were fucking dancing their asses off when they were like tossing girls through their legs and around their up in the air and shit like that. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. some pretty fucking, you know, like. I'm not saying y'all can't <laughs> dance. I'm saying these women wiggle. These women for sure can't <laughs> dance. Okay, but all of the women dancers were like scarred and bruised. And I, that was not part of the movie. I they just, just think happened to be. So maybe they're they just got. people they got off the street <laughs> yeah. to be part of the movie. I'm serious. I think that's what it was. Because even the feminist group women were smiling when they were, they were quote, rioting. Because they were in a movie. I mean, it doesn't. They they didn't have the budget for. No, I actors. for sure feel like they they probably went to the corner and were like, "Hey, you know, you want to be in this movie? Mm-hmm. You know, I got a little something. A couple for hundred you. bucks for you to die." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which goes me back to eight millimeter. We have to watch that anyway. Um, so he's uh he's at the he's at the strip club with the girl from Nancy. the. Oh, without without, Nancy oh the right, first right. Time. The first time he's but not he with her. But he meets right. Marlene, who's the waitress, and mm-hmm. she's fucking rude. She's like, rude. how does she have a waitress job? We'll find out later. But how does she have a fucking waitress job? She's fucking rude. She's rude. And every yeah. time you see her, even if it's within the same scene, she has on a different she outfit. She keeps changing outfits, and and, and it wigs. kept making yeah, and I it made me so confused. You're like, who's that? I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What just am I the one seeing like like with no warning? Like, I feel like I'm fucking like going crazy. Yeah, it feels like because so this movie was filmed in two weeks. So I would say maybe they just didn't have somebody keep track of the continuity. But some of these were like one shot, you know? How did she leave and come back in a different outfit kind of thing? But whatever. That that's one thing to to keep an eye out for, like one little Easter egg 
What that, outfit is she in now? So that is um, something that, I, you know, it could have been a budgetary continuity thing. But then I also thought about it with the way that they did add that whole slapstick humor kind of mm-hmm. element. Like, like it, it, it seems like they were almost taunting us by doing that from the beginning. Because we're over here like, wait a minute, she just changed clothes. Lo and behold, she's the one we're supposed to be thinking. It's almost like the misdirection. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to guess what? We're going to throw you off with this thing where you're like, wait, what? how did this girl change clothes? And then this whole time you're looking, thinking that you're probably, you know, looking for a, a man who's murdering people and you don't think that it's her, even though there's this like element. Way to bury the lead. <laughs> yeah, we, we've said it from day one. Well, there's, there's spoilers here. So, so after, so after he leaves, um, after he leaves, he goes outside, and who's sitting on his Corvette but this Nancy girl? Because she is all up on his jock, right? That's what they used to say in the 90s, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And he's he's a badass who's, like, parking in front of fire hydrants and in the no parking zones and shit <laughs> like that. So he's actually going to go question another girl. He's going to question Candy Cane, who was one of the women just dancing. So who was the first girl who died? Cream Puff? Cream, uh, Susie Cream Puff. Susie Cream Puff. Yeah. And so um, Susie Cream Puff was the first one killed at the credits. The second one to kill be killed was Candy Cane. Okay. And she is the one that, you know, she's like inside of her mirror, in front of her mirror, just feeling herself up. And I'm like, I mean, I've never seen a woman just do that. Are you sure? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, of course, you've never seen somebody do that. I was over there like, oh. Oh, that's what women do. Is, yeah. Well, she um, it was friends with Susie Cream Puff. And so naturally... That's the next person that, uh, what's his name? Gentry wants to interview, but the killer gets to her first. Yeah. Yep. He's a few minutes too late. Right. Right. And she's the one that gets killed and has the bubble gum full of blood. Oh, right. The bubble gum. The bubble gum that just so happened to like stay as a bubble. Inflated. (laughs) And then got full of blood when she got killed. That was a funny scene, too. Is she also the one that ended up with a cigarette in her toes? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When her body is found by Gentry, uh, she had... And so Gentry and Nancy go in because they went to go interview her, right? See if she knows anything else. Because one of the initial dancers, when Gentry was there by himself answered a lot of questions for him, said this guy has been doing, you know, because he paid her for yeah. it, right? Well, he paid a lot of money for a lot of questions to be answered. Yeah, but he was also getting paid like total of $30,000, right? Yeah, so he was basically spending a little bit of the budget that he was yeah, going to make. Yeah, it, it's, it's, you you have your expenses, right? So anyway, um, it's he they like super contaminate the scene, right? Because he walks in, Sees the body, takes the cigarette out of the dead woman's toes. It takes a, a, hit. a hit of it, puts it on the ashtray. Meanwhile, Nancy walks in, sees her, and faints. Faints, yeah. He goes into the kitchen, grabs a soda, pours, pours it on, the soda on her face. On her face and say, well, you don't want to be on the floor when the police come, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he calls the cops on the phone. But, okay, so he calls the cops and says something like, oh, my friend can't seem to, like... Uh, Lost I, I don't her face know. or something. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was very punny. It was know. very, it was very punny. Um, 
it, but that first of all, um, oh, that, it says a friend of mine stepped into some trouble and seems to have lost, lost her face. face. Yeah, lost face. lost face. But yeah. and this one again, they did a real number on the face. They've really like gr- like really pulled out the eyeballs, went in there and, and eviscerated yeah, it. Yeah, like, just like <laughs> really like essentially like there's they they probably need to have just the the dental rec the teeth to be able to identify no, this person. No, you can't because this person got the the skull and ripped it open and then cracked every bone in her face. Right, their yeah, hands. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like the teeth are probably the only thing that's left that can identify yeah, this Yeah, but person. they wouldn't be put kept together. They m- demolished that face. I I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I thought that the forensic people that's how they're able to do it is with the teeth, no? Not I don't think they can do it when all the teeth are all over the house. Oh, okay. You know? I think they have You're to, saying they still have to be in the jaw or something. They have to be in the jaw because, for example, my teeth would be recognizable because I I have my wisdom teeth pointed this way. And then I have, I am, I need an implant on this back one, you know, as an example. I don't know. I just was thinking that, uh, I know that teeth were involved, but I guess you're right. If it's all broken down into just like a bunch of like a pummeled mess, like, what are they going to... So anyway, there's no face left, really. There's- right. So, I mean, and then 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 we get another... Sorry, I'm putting my hair up. Um, and then we get the red herring, right? And it Who's is... Who's the red herring? Is back at the, at the strip club trying to crush in more people. And we meet Grout. Grout. Yeah. And he's the shell-shocked uh, Vietnam, Vietnam vet. vet. Yeah. And what he does is he draws... Faces, faces on vegetables and then smashes them mm-hmm. at the bar. But apparently he is a great customer, so they let him do it. Yeah, but I knew that that was obviously a very like blatant misdirect that wasn't uh, going to go anywhere. Like we, I knew from the get-go that it's not grout. They're just, that's the whole drawing the thing with a Sharpie marker and smashing it was to make a simple-minded person be like, oh my God, it must be him. But for sure, it's not going to be that easy. It's not going to be him. And poor Grout, he's just like trying to fucking get himself, you know, together. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's what it was. And then at the same time, Genty's trying to question Grout. We get another red herring, right? And it is uh, the riot caused by the f- feminist group or whatever, Um what is it called? Uh, the radical feminist group. They have signs that's like, women uh, right on. Or women something right like that. on, and then quit with tit and uh, lewd is crude. Lewd is crude, which yeah. is my favorite. I think I'm put it as a bumper sticker. Lewd <laughs> is crude, um, and and they start a fight, and then Gentry. So at this point, in order for Gentry to be left alone by Nancy, who's all up on him, he gets he her gets super her. drunk. So during very, the riot, he grabs yeah. one of the one of the dancers and takes her out to his car, and then tries to go get Nancy. But she's so drunk, she like lays on the sidewalk. Yeah, and he does a gentlemanly thing, though he, he doesn't her take there. her home. <laughs> though he doesn't take her home and drop her off himself, he does, I guess, the next best thing. And he gets a taxi driver. And says, "This is this is her address. This is her key. This is her. Here's some money." Take her home. Yeah. I thought he was going to leave her on the sidewalk at first, but then (laughs) he was nice enough to at least get her a cab. Yeah. And you're like, but what if the cab driver's a perv? Well, it's true. What if the cab driver's a perv? Yeah. But okay. So then the next death comes with um, 
this woman that he takes home, the, the one that was dancing during the riots, Pickles. That's her name? <laughs> Pickles? Pickles. And she was giving him, of course, more information. Everybody he talks to gives him more and more information. Now, Pickles really is hitting on him, and he keeps, like, saying no. And finally, he leaves. And she, all riled up because she thought she was going to get herself some gentry, goes to the kitchen and mm-hmm. grabs a cucumber. A cucumber, right. And I'm, I was like, whoa, are they really implying that she was going to go have some fun and with I a said, cucumber? yes. <laughs> I think yes. I believe you're right. <laughs> she went immediately to the kitchen and grabbed a cucumber. Like you think she left, Gentry left, and she's like, I'm going to go make a salad. <laughs> have you ever, I mean. No have I ever they, used a cucumber? No, no I have not, Stefan. Okay, I didn't, I was not going to ask that. I was going to say, have you ever known anybody else to well, do that? I mean, in high school, there were rumors that this girl did, but that could have just been because people are assholes. I have no idea. I've never come across anybody who's done that. This girl who used to braid my hair back in the days, mm-hmm. she she told me that her mother had to go to the hospital because she had a giant cucumber or something that got shoved up there and just didn't come out or something like that. Oh, my gosh. This <laughs> is in Florida? Yeah, in Florida. Yep, yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you can't just push it out? Like... <laughs> Look, I don't know which way it went in or whatever. I it didn't go in sideways. It didn't go horizontal. And I don't know how she knew about all you know the details or whatever. But they were kind of open and and whatever as mm-hmm. a mom and and daughter duo. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. She just That's told me. Crazy. She told me. Yeah, she was like, my I, mom one time had to go to the hospital because she got a cucumber stuck up her vagina. I don't know if it was in her vagina or in the back door. I'm not sure, but she definitely had to go to get it. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, no, I've never met anyone who's had anything stuck there, and I've never had it, known anybody that used produce. Yeah, no, I haven't either. No. Although it kind of reminds me of that. You remember two girls, one cup kind of thing? Mm-hmm. There was also one man in a jar. Oh no! Please don't go there. Have you seen? One? No, I haven't. But you've you've told me Have about I mentioned this before. It before? Yeah. Oh. I don't know if it's been on the podcast or not, but yeah. It's traumatizing. Do not look that up. It's horrible. It's very fitting that you brought it up during the Gore Gore Girls and an HGL (laughs) thing because. Yeah, but that was like accidental gore. uh, Yeah, but it's. That poor guy. You can hear him saying, oh, oh, oh. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, pickles. (laughs) Pickles, go get the cucumber. Oh, I see what they did there. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. Because after it comes out, it's a fucking pickle. So is she also the one who's now going to... get it? I get it. Yeah, it's a cucumber and a pickle. I I totally get it. I'm sorry. I didn't react to it the way you wanted me to. But yes, I get it. Somebody laughed. Somebody <laughs> will laugh out there in the world. Um, she's the one who gets her... Okay, so she not only gets her throat slashed a bit, and she gets um, she gets hit... Um, and cut and stuff but she gets turned over bent over onto a table and gets her ass meat tenderized not only tenderized but like to where it looks like ground beef 
Yeah, that, that was. It that, was pretty bad. And then at the end of it, he adds salt and pepper. Yeah, that's what that's the slapsticky humor part I'm talking about. It's like to put salt and pepper on there and infer that they're gonna have like a tasty meal or whatever. Yeah, that's bad. Um, that's really bad. Um, oh god, and, and it was and it was pretty it was pretty brutal. Then the next killing happens after there's another dancer, but this dancer had a roommate. And she wasn't there yet. So the who ended up getting killed first was the dancer's roommate. Uh the oh, only okay. black dancer. Right. Uh, I guess she wasn't home yet. So there was another uh, I guess her roommate there. Yeah, there was a and did they the all roommate, like live together or something? I, I don't know. Yeah. There was a bunch of them there. Yeah. And then um she gets killed. She get she's ironing clothes and frying French fries at the same time. So, of course, she gets an iron to her face. And as she's getting killed in this manner, the um, the other dancer comes in. And she gets her face, of course, mm-hmm. naturally, Shoved dunked into the into hot into fryer the hot, oil. Yeah. Now, I saw I was looking into this, like, again, old school special effects. I'm trying to read into it a little bit. And I thought that... I didn't see any real like gags going on and that there did look like there was a pot of oil on the stove and it was slightly starting to be in a bubble. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And while it was slightly starting to bubble, I feel like they did put that girl's face or at least her nose very close to that, that oil. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that it was really real oil, right? Because what else would have made it bubble? <laughs> Alka-Seltzer, I hope. <laughs> I hope they dropped an Alka-Seltzer in like yellow water. Um, because, oh my gosh. Yeah. So they dunked her face in, he, this person dunked her face into the fucking fryer oil. And so her, then her, her face dissolved into the fryer. Yeah, yeah. And I thought her hair was going to burn up too because she had that nice, beautiful afro. I thought that when they lifted her face out of the fryer oil, that the fryer that the oil being so hot would then set fire to the rest of the house, because you know how I'm afraid of frying. That's things? your nightmare, right? That's my nightmare. Well, I set my apartment on fire once. Did Only I tell once? you? Yeah, like because I, of the oil. Because of the fry oil. Because I was making fries, and um, they were frozen. And I was putting them in hot oil, but I put too many. And so then the oil overflowed onto the stove. And then luckily, I had a neighbor who's, like, my kitchen door looked out into his kitchen door, and then it was outside. Luckily, he heard the commotion and came out and put the fire out. Hmm. So all all because of that, you haven't wanted to try to fry anything ever again? Correct. I do not fry anything. <laughs> All right. I'll use an air fryer, but that's it. Is there a different type of pot or something that you can get with a covering or something that'll allow you to I could have just them? fucking used a bigger pot, but I'm still scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I started off slowly. So I, I make those little fried onions that I put on top of some dishes that the kids like. I've also made donuts here before. But when I made donuts, I was right, yeah. super like, everybody stay away. The do- yeah, I'll do one at a time. <laughs> but I'm getting there. I'll I'll fry something soon. I'm sure. It was really difficult to make samosas without frying them, though. I think that's you know 
the same thing with a lot of things like bacon, for example, you put, you put it in the oven and it's supposed to be a little bit more healthier for you, but it just just misses that, that little crispy crunch, you know, (laughs) that crispy crunch that goes great with an apple. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So hold on. We missed the most important part. The jacket. (laughs) What's the jacket part? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You really had me going there. I was like, oh shit. So we missed the most important part. The the roommate walks in as how do I describe this? So the girl that was there, the her roommate was ironing clothes. So of course she gets her neck sliced and then she gets her face burned, burned on both sides with the yeah. iron. Mm-hmm. Her shirt gets ripped off and she gets both of her nipples clipped off. Oh, right. With the best scissors. part of the movie. Oh my gosh. This is the part that had me gag. Like I almost literally threw up because on one of them, milk comes out. And the other one. And the other one. Chocolate, chocolate milk. milk. Comes and then the guy toasts himself, right? That's but that's not how I read it. Like I did not think, oh, milk and chocolate milk. I thought milk and oh my god, blood milk because now she's bleeding into her blood milk. So for me, it was like not chocolate milk; it was blood milk. And I'm like, oh, that is so gross and nasty. I mean, both both it was nasty anyway, but that's why I was I like, I thought it was a great gagging. scene. It was yeah. a great scene, but I I took it elsewhere. Not um, many movies are you ever gross. gonna see some guy take some scissors to some nipples. I I feel like. I feel like they did that in Hostel. Not one. It was maybe a two or a three, but maybe. But this with the whole milk comes. That's what I mean. Like they they go so extreme on one end. It's like a sweet and sour. You know what I mean? Like here's the the sweet the like sour chicken, and then like it's so tangy or whatever. And to balance that out, we got to hit you with some sweet. So here's a joke where there's milk, and we're gonna. But then he cheers, toasted yeah, champagne. To, glasses yeah, exactly that's what i mean like that's where it's like oh you mean like the dancers music it was circus <laughs> oh, music it was yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they were strip they were dancing to circus music <laughs> oh, that's i think hgl made the music for it I like mean, the music was really interesting it was very interesting choices but what also was interesting was because of the, where the cameras were, sometimes you heard the music loudly, sometimes you didn't, sometimes it was just... And then and then the transitions from one song to another, it was just, okay, off. Yeah, okay, that's, on. <laughs> I was actually a little... When you, just, when you said earlier that um, this was one of his later movies or whatever, not his first movie, I was actually a little surprised because... It was crude? Yeah, well, you know, I get it. Like, it, again, this is a very nitty-gritty, raw, you know, movie... Um, they wasn't backed by big studios in Hollywood. He had to do it himself, probably with a very small budget kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would it had a small budget, like sixty thousand dollars, I think. Um, and he made that. Oh, I, my 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 point. Sorry, I did. I, was that to balance it out? He had to do that. He had to be like, all right, well, you know, we're gonna show you the, some really fucked up shit, but then here's some like you know, humoristic way of, of making it. Um, so I don't know. That's what I'm saying is that I think More easily that, digestible. Yeah. Or like chocolate milk. Yeah. Just, that's the way they had to do it just to make it work because otherwise they weren't going to get people in the seats, you know? Yeah. Um, well, so let's, 
solve the mystery. Okay. Right. Okay. So in order to solve the mystery, um, in order to solve the mystery, uh, Gentry goes and speaks to Mr. Marsdone Mobile, who is the owner of all the strip clubs in town. Right. And right. he's actually played by Henry Youngman, who was a stand-up comedian. You remember when I was telling you, I'm like, he's mm-hmm. got all these one-liners and is looking directly into the camera. But then when he was on stage, he seemed natural. So um, anyway, he convinces, Gentry convinces uh, Marsdone that uh, he needs to have like, because all of his strippers are, are either dying or quitting. So he's out of business. He's got to have a, a little uh, yeah, so contest. He's, so he's going to have an amateur night. And the main prize is $1,000 and then another $1,000 divided into like the runners up, right? And Gentry seizes this opportunity to get Nancy drunk as fuck and jealous so that she'll go up there and and be like the best one of all, right? Um so as to lure the 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 the, the killer out, right? And she she does. She wins uh because she went full nude. That was was implied. That's why there were extreme close-ups of her face and stuff because she went full on nude. So she became the best. Gotcha. And so she won. Okay. And so Gentry, because she's drunk as hell, takes her home, lays her down, has her go to sleep, and hides at her house. The killer comes, and the killer ends up being Marlene. Right. Now, Marlene has this story. She was a female wrestler, and then there was another... Uh, there was an, another wrestler, or it was her, I, I forget which it was, who would strip her competitors when they when she won. And Marlene was like, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this anymore. So she went over and started doing strip teasing. She became a strip tease artist. Sure. And she also got involved with uh, Marsdone Mobile. And he, he and her were married and all kinds of shit, right? And then... There Wait, was a, they were married and all? I missed yeah. that part. And then there was a fire. Mm-hmm. And she got badly burned in the fire. Right. And Marsdone Mobile couldn't be with her anymore because she was now ugly and burned. And even though they were able to reconstruct her face, they her. she she has no hair and she is burned from the neck down. Which is why all her outfits were like turtlenecks or she had a scarf or whatever, but had long sleeves. Right. She always had a wig. Now, because he was, quote, kind to her, he changed her name and gave her a job as a waitress at his club. Yeah. So she was so jealous that all of these other women had not only his attention because and they probably also slept with him and... um. And she was unable to do these things. So out of jealousy, she was killing them off. Right. And because and because uh, she had a great Patsy, you know, she had, uh, what's his name, uh, Grout, as an as a easy suspect, she could do it and then totally go crazy on them to, to kind of tie them to him. She was trying to make him take right, the blame yeah. for it. Right, because right. he's over there smashing these like vegetable faces. And... Right. So vegetable faces versus fruit. Right. You know, um, 
But so when she goes to try to throw acid on Nancy's face, that's when Gentry comes up from behind a curtain. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and like they tussle a little, not tussle. They uh, he like no, he he's con- controls that cane, fight. Yeah. With the cane, he like has her <laughs> down and out. And she, what happens? She jumps out of the window behind the curtain where he was hiding. He jumps out onto the street, lands on the floor. And gets run over. Yeah. But according to Gentry, in style because it was a brand new car. Right. I That part of it, I had to rewind once or twice just to figure. I was like, wait, because I don't know. I didn't get the perception of the, the, like they were on a second floor and she fell very far. I got that there was a car that ran over something, but it uh-huh. also seemed like, uh, I don't know. She fell from the high end. And I don't know. Just it happened so quickly with all the other things that had happened earlier that I just didn't read into it, and I had to be like, "Wait, what just happened to her? She jumped out the fucking window." And then anyway, I I understood it. Um, I thought the part where she threw the acid at Gentry and he just catches it like, <laughs> you know. that was a boss move. Yeah, that was pretty boss. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's um, and then later it's a like a cut to. Gentry telling Nancy the um the story and she's taking notes on it and then finally that the assignment is done now they take a train to Pound Town. Mm-hmm. Yep. But not before looking straight in the camera and saying that you guys have seen enough. You guys have seen enough. And yep. then pulls it down like he's in a fucking Looney Tunes picture. That's all folks. And that's all folks. That is the, the movie. Gore, gore girls. There are so many things we didn't touch on um, in, in regards to the effects. Um, it was my beautiful, like, red paint Yeah, you love blood the red paint blood, yes. I, I love red paint blood. Yeah. Um, yeah, the you know, the corn syrup blood is good, but the, the red paint blood has a, you know, lives in my soul. Yeah, some <laughs> parts of this movie I felt were shot very dark and i don't know if it was intentional or if it's just almost semi-amateur or amateur whatever but it's just like there was definitely some there was things that i noticed like for example gentry was wearing a very like flamboyant looking shirt with patterns on it Mm -hmm. and then he's sitting on a couch with patterns that are very similar and it's almost like he blended into the couch um, and then other scenes where they're walking around outside and there's no light at all and you yeah. can't see them. Everybody's in the shadows. Well, there's... because of the budget purposes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the budget constraints. I mean, like, I I get that. Like, there was scenes that could have been done smoother. There's lighting that should have been applied, pro- like, differently. But I think it just adds to it. It adds to the grit. It does for people like you and me and people that like this type of movie or this genre of film or whatever. But I feel that there are, you know, like when you bring this to like the mainstream, that's where a lot of the people are kind of turned off from it. Cause they're like, well, I can't see, I can't hear what's going on. It looks this, that. And then, Oh my God, somebody's getting their ass smashed with a meat pulverizer. Like, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that point of view, but I can sort of relate to why some people wouldn't take it as seriously because it's, you know, it's not a polished movie in some aspects. Right. But I loved it. I I loved it too. I mean, I love this (laughs) subgenre of horror. Like I love this movie. 
I, I do. I love this movie. Um, I, this is actually part of a two pack. I also have like the wizard of gore that's on the same DVD. And I almost was like, slip it over to the next one. (laughs) I think, I think we've watched that one. We've watched, we've watched both of these. This is not our first time seeing Maniacs. But the wizard of war, I think might've been the first one. What is it? And paint me blood. What we see another one too. Um, what was it called? That one? I don't remember. Color me blood red. You don't remember that one? No. The Wizard of Gore, I remember, because he does all the magic tricks. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think you've seen Monster Go-Go. No, that doesn't okay. sound familiar either. Yeah. Um, but but I, I, do, I do love this. I think I would like to, at some point, do a um, an ice cream sundae on HGL specifically and Fulci specifically, just to, like, go through. Okay. But... Um, but yeah, I I highly recommend it. Like, yeah, it's gory. Yeah, probably don't eat ground beef while you're eat, watching this movie. Maybe don't eat anything before watching this movie. Um, if you're squeamish, definitely don't. But I think you should watch it. I think it's great. I think it's an experience. And I think you'll laugh as much as you're grossed out. And that's just lovely. <laughs> What is it about the H's that make things uh, like, you know, H-G-L, H-P, Lovecraft, H-H, Holmes? There seems to be a pattern Oh, my God. There. I'm H-L-G. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what is it about you H's? I would like to say a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Probably too much for us to be able to figure out now. So we'll have to dive into that maybe in another time. Interestingly enough, H.H. H. Holmes was the first serial killer that got me interested in true crime. Really? Yeah. As growing up, I used to love going to Borders, which is a bookstore that we used to have here. And I was always in like the psycholo- psychology section and, you know, not in the young adult section. I was always in psychology section. Yeah. And then at one point there was, I don't know what it was. But there was this book that I think was misplaced there, and it was called The Underground Education, Everything They Don't Teach You at School. And I had that book, and I read it until the front cover came off, and all the pages were, like, just done with. Um, and it had, it had, um, yeah, it had H.H. H. H. Holmes, and that was the catalyst, really. Uh, that's also why I know a lot of little things about a lot of other things and um i recently found the book again and bought it so i have it back (laughs) that's cool yeah well that's all i have in me for tonight um rest in pieces Susie cream puff candy cane pickles and those two other girls (laughs) (laughs) they didn't have a name no they didn't they didn't have a name but uh, that's okay. Was was she lactating? Like, did she have a baby or something? Is that why? I, I don't, don't know. know how it works. Okay, I just know that <laughs> we watched a movie <laughs> where this girl gets her nipples cut with scissors and she starts spewing milk. Yeah. That's all I know. Okay? Yeah, doesn't work that way. But okay. All right. Well, thanks for stopping by. We'll see you next time. That's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs>
To check out what we're doing, visit us at icecreampodcast.com or you can find us on social media at Ice Cream Parlor The Podcast.